Good morning. I see, I see those of us who braved the cold this morning. And it is cold. I didn't even leave the house yesterday. That was nice. But listen, it's great to have each and every one of you here. Man, I've, I've never been uh, probably more excited and ready for a new year to come than I am for this one to come. But I'm real thankful to see each and every one of you here this morning and today. We're going to do a couple of different little things today, Um, you know, just end the year on kind of a non-traditional note. We have a couple of things we want to do. But one of the things is is that we want to just kind of give glory and honor to God for some of the good things that have happened this year. How many of you could use a reminder of the good things? Anybody else besides me? Like, just remember that, that we will, the verse that says, we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so we want to just focus on that for a minute. So we've got a couple of people in our church body that God just did some miraculous things in their lives this year. And they're just going to share really quickly about um, a little testimony so that we can be encouraged by that and a couple of other things this morning. So I just ask that you kind of maybe get a little different, you know, and a different vibe for this morning. We're still going to get a little bit of the word and we're going to take communion and all of that. But we just want to encourage our hearts this morning. Amen. So we have a, a couple of families first. Uh, James and Megan Pittman are going to come and share just for a minute what God um, has done in their life today, this year, and then also from the Baileys, so um, our worship team basically, you know. (laughs) It's nice to see Megan out from behind the drums and get to see and hear from them. So y'all welcome Megan and James Pittman. Hey everybody. Um, Lindsay said we had like three and a half minutes and my wife is going to karate chop me if I go over over it. So, um, we're, we're fairly new. Um, okay. My wife's hurrying me along already. Anyway, about a year ago, year and a half ago now, uh, God started doing a lot in our lives. Uh, it's, it's a, there was a culmination of things in my life, several failures, a lot of, uh, a lot of humbling, uh, that led me to seek God fully and fully surrender. He, um, he ended up a theme for this last year has been Matthew six thirty three. Um, which I think we'd be able to throw up there, we put on there. It's essentially seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added to you. That's one of the ways to say it. Uh, So something we took literally. Uh, Megan and I both said, okay, we're going to seek God. We're going to live righteously. We're going to do what he wants to do. We're going to submit to him. And he said he's going to add everything that we need, everything. So that's what we did. Uh, And I'm just going to walk you through um, very quickly some of the events that... uh, that he's walked, that he's provided for. Uh, it, it all kicked off with me getting fired from a job that I thought I was going to retire from, uh, that I'd worked five years to get, and um, got in there. Things started didn't didn't go my way, um, and uh, I left that job. It was soon after we started coming here, and it just pressed me further in the Lord. That led to a small waiting period of unemployment and stepping back into the job he wanted to. Uh, in that time, Megan transitioned to full-time work at a salary position, which was new. Our income decreased. Um, we had an increased tax burden. Uh, our oldest daughter got tubes in her ears, and uh, we had medical bills from that. Uh, we had her old house that we had to sell that we paid into and depleted every ounce of our savings. Uh, Hazel, uh, oh, we got pregnant right after I got fired. Um, Right after we depleted our savings and sold a house, Hazel was born. And um, in all that time, God asked us to increase our giving to the church. So 
we just tried to listen and do what he wanted us to do. And every time there was a need, we just said, Lord, I don't know where it's going to come from, but you said you were going to. And it didn't matter what the bill was. Um, we had money to pay it. Sometimes money showed up. Sometimes it was a, a budget item we hadn't, we'd miscalculated. Sometimes it was opportunities to work. But through this whole season, he has shown us that um, his provision is directly proportional to our degree of submission. Um, and so we submitted fully, and he provides fully. Sometimes it's not what we think it should look like, and it has almost never been what we expected. So, um, and I'll let Megan give her perspective on that. We're out of time, but if anybody ever, uh, if you heard the part about where he got fired and I was working two jobs and was pregnant, that was really exciting for our family. And um, so it was a time where I always, I guess I always thought, I thought, okay, yeah, God's going to do it. It's going to be fine. He'll provide for us. Um, but then when you get to that point, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to just stay home. I'm going to just not work right now, and you're going to keep working. But it wasn't, it wasn't him telling me to do that. It was what the Lord wanted, and I had a piece about it that didn't make any sense. There's not a piece about you being pregnant and working two jobs and your husband staying at home and talking to Jesus all day. But God gave us that peace in our family, and it was what needed to happen, and it changed our entire lives, and it changed my husband into an entirely new creation, and um, it has been an incredibly difficult year. Also, I started a new job. We don't have time for that. Anyway, God said he would do it, and he did, and it did not look like what we thought it was going to, but he did it anyway. Say yes, and he'll do it. Thank you for sharing that, <laughs> and Megan for keeping her husband on time. I'm not that much of a stickler, guys, I promise. <laughs> um, next up, just to share a little bit with us, is, is Brandon and Mariah Bailey. And um, like I said, I hope your heart is encouraged. Listen, you what they talk about, what the Pittmans talk about, it may not apply directly to your life and your situation. You may not be in the exact same situation that they are in. But the theme of God's provision and God's hand is true for all of us. So lean into that and listen for what God would have to say to you. Well, Brandon and Mariah, y'all know us. Um, we're not new. Um, been here for a while. Um, real quick, I shared some of this during our uh, baby dedication uh, a couple months ago, I guess it was, a month ago. Um, but we'll recap that. Um, basically, about five years ago, uh, Mariah and I both really felt confirmed that the Lord wasn't done growing our family, that he had, we had more children intended for us. Uh, but at that point, we we're like, it's, it can't be now. Like, it's not, we're not ready for that yet. Um, fast forward five years later, circumstances change. We realize, oh, we're not getting any younger. And uh, if we're going to do this thing, God, I guess it's time now. And um, so anyway, we got pregnant a, a couple years ago. And uh, not this past summer, but the summer before that, um, actually ended up having a miscarriage. Um, now, many of you uh, maybe have experienced that. Um, for us, if you believe that life begins at conception, it was like losing a child. Um, and we had a name picked out and everything the kids knew. Um, it was a difficult time for our family. Um, and it was a, kind of a long, drawn-out thing. It was very, very difficult for us. Hardest thing that we've ever gone through as a married couple. And um, through that um, experience, um, I have found that uh, during those dark times, that if we listen, 
that God will give us something to lean on to. God will give us his word to lean on. And for us, it was this, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. Uh, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. Uh, let me fast forward a little bit. To comfort all who mourn. To grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them beauty instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. And that verse just was like repeated to us, like through so many different ways and sources that we couldn't deny it. You couldn't ignore it. And so we just, we held on to that verse and we, you know, for us, it didn't make sense. I mean, we felt like God had promised, like, it's time to expand your family, that he's going to do this. And then here we had a, a miscarriage. And so we were at a place where we had the challenge of, okay, if that's true, if what God said was true, then we've, we're going to have to try this again. Um, but that was, that was a fearful step for us because, especially for my wife, I mean, we, we didn't want to go through that again. Um, um, but lo and behold, um, God gave us the faith to, to try again, and here we have uh, Oliver Finn with us, uh, seven months old. Now is that right, seven months? Almost seven months. So I'm going to let Mariah tell a little bit more about him. He's awesome. <laughs> He's really awesome. But I'm going to back up a little bit because kind of going along with what Megan said, I feel like whenever God tells you specifically that he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And so I'm a thinker. Like I may not talk a lot, but in my head I'm always thinking. And sometimes I think, well, why does it work out for that person and not this person? You know, that kind of thing. But what's it called, the rhema word of God, where it's I feel like if, if God tells you specifically something that's meant for you, you can take it to the bank, you know, and that's what, and I know a lot of people have dealt with infertility, and, and I hate that, and it's, it's an awful thing, but for us, God told us our family wasn't done, and so even when we had the miscarriage, it wasn't done, and so um, when I was pregnant, I did, I struggled with fear a lot, and God never condemned me, I never felt condemned, it was always, he always gave me reassurance through different people, through the Calhouns were really great. They were very faithful to give us encouragement, had visions. The Lord showed them visions. And um, long story short, Miss Haley's holding Finn right now. And he is every bit of what, um, what we envisioned. And we named him Oliver. I think Brandon mentioned this at the dedication because we were looking up names, boy names that mean beauty. And there are like pages and pages of girl names <laughs> that mean beauty. But we want to name him something that meant beauty because we felt like he was beauty from ashes. And so one day I was doing some searches and I found that Oliver was a symbol of, of beauty and peace, you know, um, because it stands for the olive tree. And there's all these symbols in the Bible about olive oil and olive tree. And so we, uh, we named him Oliver and he is, he's, I mean, if you're ever around him, unless he's crying for me, he's, uh, he is a joy. He smiles. He's, he's wonderful. He is definitely our beauty from ashes and we're thankful for him. Is that three and a half minutes? Amen. The Lord is faithful. We're going to pray really quickly. I'm going to read to you and pray this word this morning out of Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. 
Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Lord, we give this new year over to you, and we ask that you truly would increase our power, that you would help us to run and not grow weary, that you would help us to soar like eagles, and that you would build our faith as we travel through this life together in joy and in sorrow. Lord, we thank you that you build us and you encourage us and you lead us. We know that you are truly the everlasting God. Amen. Listen, I'm going to invite Tony Reed to come. Many of you know Mr. Tony just by, maybe by sight because he's usually the largest guy in the room. Um, but, it, you know, if you don't know, Mr. Tony is the one who takes care of all of our social media and all of our posting. He keeps making sure that we are up to date with what's going on in our church. And it has been a, something that's been a thought in our heart and our mind to want to celebrate the multicultural life that is our church and to honor the rich history of the culture and diversity within our church. And so ask Mr. Tony to share with us just an element and a brief like moment. So, you know, get, get, get your learning caps on. I told you it's going to be a different kind of a Sunday morning, but let me tell you, God works all things together. And I, I tell you that he is pointing all of these things to one place today. So focus in and lean in as Mr. Tony shares with us just a brief moment about some important things we need to know going into this new year. Hello? All right, you all can close your eyes and envision this. Um, Let's go back 155 years exactly to the date. We open outside a set of slave quarters on a plantation in Georgia on Wednesday, December 31st, 1862, New Year's Eve. We hear spirituals being sung by slaves and prayers to God as those in the quarters eagerly anticipate news that would change their status in America. One slave, Seaman Darby, emerges from the quarters and walks for a bit into the night. He finds a spot to sit down, looks into the night sky, and prays. Lord, it's me, Seaman Darby. I know you know who I am, but I just want to clarify, especially on this special night. I know a lot of prayers are bombarding your ears, and I just wanted to make sure you knew this was my prayer you're currently hearing. Lord, the plantation's been abuzz with the news that President Lincoln is going to free us. Lord, I don't even know what being free is, but for the stories I've heard about Moses and the children of Israel, and for how I see the white folks go to and fro as they please. But you also show me and the others what freedom is through the animals and bugs that run and fly and crawl in the wild. Since my first ancestors arrived here 173 years ago, we have been slaves. I know I don't need to go into the hardships, the dire circumstances we live in, in which we are treated and seen as being a little lower than the livestock here. But Lord, I believe our time of freedom is at hand that come tomorrow like the children of Israel, we will be free and walk away from this plantation with our freedom, our dignity, and a bright, beautiful destiny for us and our descendants. My son David is three years old, and I don't want him to know any of the pain 
and suffering that his mother and I have endured or seen our parents and grandparents, cousins and other family members endure. And if you should see fit to bless Lydia and I with any more children, bless them to be born in freedom, not slavery. So as we stay up, welcome in a new year full of promises, take watch of your miracles and await to hear that President Lincoln has signed this proclamation of freedom. We want to thank you and praise your holy name for we and every generation after us will remember this day and honor it now and forever. Now this might be a fictional account of what one slave 155 years ago would have prayed to God. But while I made this dialogue up, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by President Lincoln on the next day, Thursday, January 1st, 1863. Lincoln admitted on that day that he never felt more certain that I was doing right than I do in signing this paper. According to the NPR article by Allison Keyes, the first watch night was December 31st, 1862, as abolitionists and others waited for word via telegraph, newspaper, or word of mouth that the Emancipation Proclamation had been signed. It says, a lot of it, at least the initial watch night, was really made many of the free black community, says Lonnie Bunch, director of the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture. Yet for a people largely held in bondage, freedom is a powerful idea, and that's what the watch night tradition embodies. And Seaman Darby, the person I had saying the prayer, actually existed. Seaman Darby was a 33-year-old slave who was married to his 23-year-old wife, Lydia, and had a three-year-old son named David during the first watch night service in America. True to his word and God hearing his prayer, Seaman and Lydia had another son, James, in 1867, four years after the signing of the proclamation. Seaman and Lydia's children married and had children, and those children had children, and those children had children, and then those children had children. And in that row, that's Seaman Darby right there at the very top in the corner up there. Well, that's his son, David. And right here, it's me. <laughs> you see, Seaman Darby is my third great-grandfather. And without that watch night service, those prayers, those people fighting for freedom, and that signing, there's no guarantee I would be here before you right now. And that's why New Year's Eve, also known across this world as watch night service is so special to me and other African Americans. Not only do we thank God for bringing us through another year and to the beginning of a new year, we remember our history and we understand that our freedom was not only fought for by African Americans, but many white men and women who understood how wrong slavery, bigotry, prejudice, racism, and hatred are. So let us join together to remember the significance and importance of watch night service. Amen. It's good to learn, isn't it? 
man, it's good to learn. There's a, a theme today of testimony and freedom and communion. And I'm going to talk for just a few minutes today, and I'm not going to labor it long because I just want to focus our hearts and our minds as we prepare to go into a new year. And Pastor Jeremy is starting a new series in the month of January, as he said, called Starting the New Year Stronger. And I encourage you to make plans to be a part of all of that because we really are going to just put our hearts and our minds together and say we're beginning this year with strength. We're beginning our year with determination to move forward in God. But today is about making a marker. And in all throughout the Bible, you hear about people building altars when God would bring them through something that they would build an altar. But today I want to point us to one specific story in 1 Samuel chapter 7. I'm going to be reading verses 2 through 12 and you can follow along with me. It was a long time, 20 years in all, that the ark remained in Kiriath-Jerim. And all the people of Israel mourned and sought after the Lord. And Samuel said to the whole house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then rid yourselves of all the foreign gods and of the Asherahs and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their balls and their Asherahs, and they served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all in Israel at Mizpah. And I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel was leader of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. And when the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, Do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it up as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day, that day, the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to the point below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Here's what's important to know about where they were in Mizpah. Mizpah is a little place, but that's where they had lost to the Philistines before. They had been in battle with the Philistines. The Philistines throughout parts of the Old Testament and the Israelites are a bit like the Hatfields and McCoys. They could never agree on whose land it was and who was supposed to be there. And there was always a battle. And if they saw one of them, saw the other one starting to get too close, they drew up for battle. And Mizpah was a place where the Israelites had lost to the Philistines before. And so when the Philistines started coming for them, they were afraid and they asked Samuel to call out to God for them. But they did not fight the Philistines in the way that they normally had. And going into this new year, we have to have a change of mindset in the way that we have dealt with life, 
before. You know, the world has changed and is constantly changing. And so we must have a mindset that allows us to realize that the ways that we have battled things before and the ways that we have dealt with things before, something's going to have to change in the way we are doing this. So there was a time and a place where there had been battles and battles and battles. But here we are and the people of Israel are crying out and they're turning their hearts back to God and they're asking Samuel, please, please help us. We do not want to be taken over by the Philistines. And so Samuel and Israel, they did a couple of things. And I think if we can look at them and look at how they handled this crucial moment that we can look at in going into this new year, we can look at how we can really, truly move forward. The first thing they did is they made a commitment to serve only God. This was something that Israel had a problem with. When they made this commitment, it says that they got rid of the Asherah poles, which was basically all these little idols that they worshipped from other gods. All these other things that if they, they had put on an equal place with God. And listen, we have got to take the news and the things of this world and remove them from an equal place with the word of God. They do not have the same consistency. So all those voices, and they are loud, that we have allowed to come up in our minds and create worry and fear and we have elevated the truth of this world to the same level as the truth of God we've got to tear that down so the first thing they did was they had to make a commitment to serve only God and then it says that they poured out water and they prayed and they fasted listen we're going to go into a season beginning next Sunday of 21 days of prayer and fasting and if you've never done it before I encourage you whatever it is find a way to fast and make a commitment to pray because let me tell you something when you can begin to show God that I am going to be willing to give up something in order to let you know that you are first it really moves heaven and most importantly it moves your heart when you can give up something that is important to you or has value or significance, whether that's food, whether that's social media or television, whatever it may be, and you can put God first, it moves heaven, but it moves you to know that you're not as weak as sometimes we think we are. The other thing they did is they begged Samuel to not stop crying out to God for them. And listen, we've got to make a choice in this new year to not stop crying out to God. Man, will we cry out to each other, right? (laughs) We will cry out to each other. I am as guilty of it as anyone. I call my mama to cry out to her about life being unfair, right? And she's my mama, so I'm always right which is why I call her, right? (laughs) And I know that she would move heaven and earth for me, but the reality is is that she is not capable of moving heaven and earth for me. The only one who can is God. And so while it is okay and understandable to want to cling to each other and cry out to other people, we have got to make a decision this year to ultimately cry out to God because he is the only thing that can thunder loudly. He is the only thing that can move immovable things. He's the only one. 
The other part that Samuel did, the one thing that we don't have to do, is Samuel offered a sacrifice. A sacrifice to make way into the presence of God. And we don't have to do that. Because Jesus made that sacrifice for us. And so the first and most important part of making a decision to walk into this new year changed is to realize that the sacrifice for your life, for your salvation, for your hope, for your healing, for your deliverance, that first step, that ultimate sacrifice, it was already done. So you know what? The first step is done. There's been a sacrifice that's been made. Jesus has come. And so now I can freely go before the Lord. I can freely serve God. I can freely pray. I can freely call out to him because of that sacrifice. The verse right after in verse 13, it says, so the Philistines were subdued and did not invade Israelite territory again. And listen, we may have crawled to the finish of this year. Belly crawled. We may have come to the end of this year with busted knees and bloody hands and worn out spirits. And we may have come to this end of this year with the last of everything poured out. But the new year is coming. And so we make today a marking point to set an Ebenezer stone. Ebenezer means a stone of help. It is a reminder that while we may have barely made it, we made it. While we may have felt as though we did not survive, we did survive. And there may have been days we wished we hadn't, but we have made it. And there is a stone of help that has gotten us through. And so we will remember, the Lord has helped us thus far. This may have been your hardest year, and for some of you this year may have had wonderful and glorious moments, and thank God for that. But the Lord has helped us all thus far. And so we make a marking at this point that says when we look back upon this 2017 and the years that came before it, we mark this moment and we say, the Lord has helped us thus far. And the enemy is not welcome into our territory anymore. We've closed the gate with this stone. We've closed it. We've sealed it. And he does not get to come into our camp anymore. We serve a God of all tenses, past, present, and future. And we mark a moment. We remember our brothers and sisters, our African-American brothers and sisters, and how they had a watch night and how they waited, waited on bated breath. There was no Twitter. How did they know? I mean, somebody was literally riding a horse to spread this word. Could you imagine being the person who got the news? Can you imagine the anticipation of getting to the next set of people to tell them? It's signed. Oh, it was not the end of the struggle, but it was the start. That moment, that signing of that proclamation, it was an Ebenezer. It was a sign. The Lord has helped us thus far. And so we wait with hope 
We remember waiting for help. We remember waiting for freedom. And we remember waiting for salvation. This year has brought so, so much. But we place our Ebenezer and we remember that thus far the Lord has helped us. We watch with hope for freedom to come anew in our lives, breaking down walls and liberating our lives and hearts. Listen, guys, we can make a decision. This is the end of it. We stop it here. I have to tell you, when I tell you that my word for the year is fire, I feel like there is a fire inside of me. This is the end. It may not be the end for everything that I can control, and I can't control everything. But as for me, I declare this moment, the Lord has helped me thus far. And because I know he has helped me, there is nothing that can stop me from going forward with his help. And so we know it. We take communion to remind ourselves that salvation has come, and our salvation still holds He is our very present help. I wish I knew what 2018 held, but I know it holds freedom and help and salvation. You may be anticipating with excitement new adventures to come or teetering somewhere between fear and courage as you're facing what's coming ahead. And you may be walking through hell with only the hope of heaven getting you through. But today we come to the table whose promise will never cease. And we commit to serve him and pray and repent. And we cry out to our never-ending, always-present, above all things in this coming year, we cry out to him and say, be our God. Be our help be our Ebenezer. Place this stone as a memorial and as a reminder that he has been our help. Next, year, next week, as we start the new year, we will have a time of prayer, a prayer blessing over each and every person. It's, it's, a, it's a special Sunday as our pastors will lay hands on every person who is here who desires of it to pray blessing over your life. And so I remember, you know, being 15 and waiting to turn 16, and the day came, and I thought I'd feel older, and then I didn't, (laughs) right? (laughs) And listen, when this night comes and tomorrow gets here, it may not feel any different. Placing a physical stone on the ground doesn't really change a lot of things. But in our hearts, in our spirits, we can make that declaration. Our worship team is going to come and we're going to prepare to receive of communion today. Here at New Life Church, if you've never done it with us before, we just line up and you take a piece of bread and you just dip it into the juice and you can, on your own, or we encourage you to get together with your family and a group of people and pray over your communion together. But listen, 
just like the people of Israel. They had battled and battled and battled these Philistines over and over and over again. And listen, there are things that we have been battling over and over and over again. We are battling and we understand that there is the battle. But from today forward, we're fighting and battling against the enemy in a new way. We know where our help comes from. So ultimately today, we take communion to remind ourselves that we are in union with God, who is our help, who is our comfort, who is our peace, who is our provision, and who is our salvation. And we remind ourselves through communion that we are in unity with him. And one thing that carries through from 2,000 years ago to 155 years ago to today, to this very moment, the only freedom that comes, comes through Jesus Christ, the ultimate source of our salvation. And so, Lord, we come before you with our hearts broken and our spirits broken before you, asking that you pour in to us. Lord, we receive your communion. We receive your love and your salvation in our lives. As you said, you took this bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, you took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out from you for you. That same covenant from that table on the Last Supper in Jerusalem, it holds true. The same covenant today in this place. Lord, we drink from your cup. We take from your body. We receive in union with you the trueness of who you are. God, you will be our God. We will lean to you. We declare we will serve you only. We will pray and cry out to you with everything within us. We will not fight the things we have fought in the same way. We fight them with prayer. We fight them with freedom. We fight them with the hope of Jesus Christ in our lives. And so we look forward for more testimonies and more hope and more freedom in you this year. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Lord, let this day be an Ebenezer stone in our hearts. The Lord has helped us.